still feel that, hey, I got control of this, Lord. This is what I want. I want it. They're going to do something about it. And I ain't selling it for nothing else. Oh, so you rather sell for chaos? You rather sell for, you settling for less? You rather settle for, for um, manipulation? You going to settle? You going to settle for that? Deception? You going to settle for all that? You going to settle for heartaches and pains where you already see they can't provide the additional transportation for you? And you squawking and fussing and, and crying. Lord have mercy, help me, Lord. I was literally crying. And even with that, the Lord rebuked me. He said, yeah, you made that to an idol. The manifestation, you made an idol. I said, I ain't made nothing. He said, but why you grieving over? Your spirit is grieved. Why you sad? Why you crying? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Um, they did me wrong. You know, you start trying to, they did this. It was supposed to be this, and it's supposed to be that. You say, okay, yeah, you're right. He said, well, now I'm, I'm, I'm making them rectify it for you. Daddy, that the enemy gonna come and try to, he gonna come and size, I ain't gonna see him try, he gonna do it. He gonna come and size, size swipe you and make you shake your head and say, wait a minute, did I mess up? No, you didn't mess up. God just trying to get you to another spot. He trying to get you on that other brick road. He trying to make you make that other step. And making the other step, you may have to let go what you had. Let go to old, press forward. For all things becoming new. I'm trying to give you something new and fresh and anointed and powerful and not, not stuck on, you know, I, I was hearing um, a rundown on some people with some accolades and I'm like, oh, and the, and the, the person that was reading it was so excited, you know, because the persons that was being declared, you know, they had all these alphabet behind their name. And I'm sitting here like, whoa, but I know the other side. Because see, I have, uh, and nobody don't know, I do have a Nicodemus ministry. <laughs> yeah, I have a Nicodemus ministry, you know, and um, these folks, these people here, you know, they like to come, come by at night know by dm text telephone they come through my 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 uh, contact page on my website and i pray over them but then i shake my head i'm like oh my goodness you don't want to be seen with me out in the open or know that you are connected with me out in the open but you'll come to me by night because you have to keep up a, a, a reputation Right, right. That's what that's what Nicodemus did, and his heart his heart was open, was ready to be with the Lord. But that status quo, man, man, we can't be making that status quo without God. God allow us to get the degrees and be put in position 
for such a time as this. I heard this one judge say this one And I think Oprah had asked her what was the most important part of her job that she feels that she is responsible for. And it stuck with me. And she said, well, only thing I can think of that God did not put me as a judge to be the judge. Whoa. I was like, well, where's she going with this? She said, I believe that God put me as a judge The law say this, but we can't put them over here to get rehabilitated. The law say, yeah, they supposed to be in jail for life. But look at the track record. This was one incident. Let's see if we can help this individual. Let's not steal his life. He, she said, I believe that if God put anybody in power, it's for you to do good and not use it and do bad. And I believe that's the same way it is with the body of Christ. God give us the abilities, you guys, to do good with the anointing and with our gifts and talents that he has given unto us. And it's for us when to take that opportunity and be a blessing. And know everything is not always to be about a dollar. And I can honestly say that because I have done a lot of work without a dollar. Yes, I have done a lot of work. And I've done it well. I've I've done so much work in excellence for people. And didn't get paid a dime. Didn't even get acknowledged. Didn't even remember, like, in the story of Joseph. They, they, they forgot about him. And to the, to the baker, something had happened in the kingdom. He said, oh, I know somebody almost, what, two, three years later. Well, at least they remembered. They remembered him. And I know that that's how it's going to be. Don't even expect it. I just know one thing, that God has put me in a place. He's putting me in places to be a blessing to individuals. And whatever I find my hands to do, I'm going to do it with all my might unto the glory of Eldenai. Because where I'm at right now, y'all, I refuse to allow the enemy to think that he's going to steal God's glory off my life. So I'm going to check myself all the time. Now I'm going to be stern, of course. Line upon line, precept upon precept. But we're going to do things decently and in order. And I make everything plain. Plain. I present everything plain. I give timely results at the time of service. So you don't have to, like, oh, well, I didn't know. You know, sometimes I get that. Well, I didn't know that I had to pay for that. Yes, you did. Because I told you. Don't get amnesia on me. And even with that, if it becomes a matter of circumstance, I know how to dust my feet and keep it moving and release it to daddy. But see, a lot of people don't understand. 
I walk into I walk in the anointing that God has given me to do what I do. So I really don't like to tell people, have mercy upon you. Because now I'm out of it. It's between you and God. And people feel like, oh, but I got God on my side. Do you really? Are you really serving Yahshua? Because if you're really serving Yahshua, you'll strive to be in excellence in everything that you do because you're representing Yahshua, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So all I have to say is at this point in time, I take the, ch- the chastisement. I take the rebuke because God will chastise those that he loves. And so these type of chastisements is awesome chastisement because God is saying, daughter, let that go. Yeah, we did it. You got it. It came to pass. You documented it. And guess what? This is documenting it too. Because you did say everything new in 2022. Guess what? This is the beginning, daughter. Whoa. And I told you, debt free. So I'm smiling. I'm rejoicing. It ain't have to be no big bang, shame me man, or all that. I'm doing what I need to do. Why? Because I bless folks. I support individuals. I don't just show up. I give with my money. And anybody that hear me underneath the sound of my voice, if I participate in anything that you had, you can never say, oh, Dr. D, man, she just... She just do what she wants. She don't even serve. She don't even give. She nah. No, they're going to say, oh, no, she gives. Oh, no, she participate. And if she can't come, she's going to bless somebody. That's my reputation. So I don't even get caught up into all of that. Oh, why is so-and-so not here? Why you want about it? Because you can show up at everything and still don't even support. And the support is the financial support, you guys. You still need the financial support. And every amount counts. Every amount counts. So I trust in Jehovah Jireh because he provides for everything that needs to be done. And because of that, as I continue to pray in a sin, I'm making sure this flesh descends. And it comes up, man. Whoo, the couple of days it comes up. And I got to put that flesh underneath subjection. He gonna come, y'all. What you gonna do? You have to trust in the Holy Ghost. So that's all I have to share. That, hey, let go. Let go the old. Some of y'all in some, some relationships, and sorry to say, we didn't got married. To individuals that you know for a fact you thought it was good, but now it's like, what in the world is happening? You have no peace. You have no joy. You're struggling. You're trying to be more than what you're supposed to be to appease a person that really don't even care about you. Your own jobs that just just talking to you any kind of way, handling you, cursing you out on social media. Oh, no, nah, we're not going. No, we're not doing that. We got to start cutting cutting the, cutting the cards, you guys. We got to let it go. Let go the old so God can. And then you know what's the thing that he got me with? 
he presented the news right before me. And I'm like, well, no. I, I like, I wanted that one. Oh, so you want something that's going to break, keep breaking down on you? But, but, but God, we got that. Yo, come on. You have idolized a manifestation at a particular time that is over with. It's time for the next manifestation. In the next, in the next, in the next, the Lord say, don't get stuck on one manifestation. Don't make it your God. Because you're going from faith to faith, glory to glory. You build upon the manifestation, but don't get stuck there. If I say, let it go, let it go. I got something else for you. I don't care if you got it yesterday. And Lord said, okay, here we go. He said, I'm moving swift on this one. I got got some prayers that got to be answered. Come on, Holy Ghost. I got some promises that got to be fulfilled. Come on, Holy Ghost. He said, but my people so stuck on the old they fate not even expecting the new. Whoa. We have been stuck in survival mode or take what we get mode or in the permissive the permissive um, mode instead of the perfect will. How do you say the permissive will of God instead of the perfect will of God? I want to be in the perfect will of God, you guys. The blessings of the Lord make it sorrow and add no. The blessings of the Lord make it rich, make it enhance, make it um, attractive, and add no sorrow to it. Now I'm in the new. I'm driving the new, but I'm feeling sorry. Why? Yuck. Because I'm grieving because I had to let go to old. Lord have mercy. That's a that's a that's a sermon. That's a message on its own. A lot of you guys out there, you're, you're in the new. Come on now. You're in the new. But you're still not at peace. You're still sorrowful. You're still grieving because of what you lost, what you thought you had. No, I called it trash. And even with that, the Lord rebuked me. He said, I didn't say trash, daughter. I just say old. <laughs> You say trash. So as a man think it, so is he. So that's how you thought it. And you still want to hold on to it? That was even worse, y'all. I was like, oh, daddy, you just slapped me all over. <laughs> oh, child. Daddy just was slapping me. You whipping me. He had that belt, baby. He had that belt. I was like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, my eye. Ah, okay, 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 Lord, I got it. I got. Do you have it? Yes, yes, Lord, yes. Hey, I got it. Alrighty then. Oh my goodness, man, I ain't got a whipping for my papa in a while. Lord have mercy. I was like, all right, all right. He said, yeah, I need to share that with my people too, because there are a lot of them stuck. A lot of them stuck. I'm trying to give them something new. They're holding on to the old. Or they in the new and they're still grieving about the past. Whoa. Let that, let that go. Think about it. And sometimes it is a challenge. Sometimes it is hard. It's hurtful. It's painful. 
God said, don't get stuck there. Why are you stuck there? Come on, why are you stuck there? Why are you stuck there? We got to do better, y'all. God is doing some magnificent things. We got to come to the point in our life to let go and let God do what he has to do in our lives. We preaching it. We want to testify about it. But do you really believe what you're saying? Are you really... Are you really believing what you're, what you're standing on the word for? And I, I just think the Holy Ghost. I just think the Holy Ghost. I'll be going on 60 years old, y'all. In a couple of more years, I'll be going on 60 years old. Can you believe that? And I'm still here. So since I'm still here, I'm going to do whatever I'm supposed to be doing. For the glory of the Lord. To be able to help somebody. Have a better life. Yes. Okay. What's my reminder? See I gotta put my eye drops in. And upon that note. I'm about to go. So I'm gonna holler at y'all later. Y'all have a glorious wonderful day today. May the blessings of the Lord. Keep you. Protect your family. Bless you in your goings and your comings. Your fields will be enriched. Your financials will, will multiply. And as you give unto the Father, He will give back to you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Will men that God will use, men or women, He will use them to be a blessing to you. And you be grateful and know that you will not trust in your own understanding, but you will. Trust in the Lord. You allow Him to lead you in the path of the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Remember, everything that we do is for His name's sake. Whatever we put our hands to is for His name's sake. Whatever business we are in is for His name's sake. Whatever ministry or you have an assignment for is for His name's sake. And only for His name's sake. That is going to last. Only what we do for Christ. Yahshua HaMashiach. The Messiah. Only what we do for Him will last. It don't matter what industry you are in. God must get the glory out of it. Because as you see, the world has lost its fragrance. The world has lost the foundation of this whole nation was based on the principles of a godly acknowledgement and now it's only a figure of speech because we are not respecting and honoring individuals that have paved the way even though the word the same word that they have people put their hands on and say your honor I'll tell the truth nothing but the truth you know, so help you, God, your hand on the Bible. But in that Bible, I don't believe that the judges, that, you know what? I believe the judges should go through Bible school. Because why would you have, that's a whole nother subject, huh? <laughs> why would you have people put their hand on the Bible, but yet in that courtroom ain't nobody abiding what that Bible says? So why is it there? It just shows you this, just demonstrating, just 
uh, procedure. They're not really uh, respecting the power. They're not respecting the power therein. The power therein is the Almighty Yah, El Danai, El Shaddai, Elohim. He comes by many names. Jehovah Yahweh. Come on. Come on, y'all. We got to rise up out of our slumber and go forth in the power of the Lord, knowing that all these battles out here is not ours. It's the Lord. He has already went before us to fight these battles. We already have won. We just have to follow the instructions to whatever area that he has sent us down, whatever path that he has sent us down, we walk that path. We walk that path, y'all. And we don't do no no shortcuts. And I've done some shortcuts, and shortcuts just made it worse, and then it took more time to get out the shortcut to get back on the right road. Lord, have mercy. And try to take some shortcuts in life and cost you almost your life, seven years of your life. Jesus, I didn't, baby, look, I'm going to tell y'all, I ain't going to even go down that road no more. I'm just trying to help if, if If the young people of today in the last generation would take would have taken heed to the elders and not be so, oh, that's, y'all used to do that back then, nah, nah, nah. Now nah, it's just all over the place. I believe that our nation, this globally, our our world would be in a better place if we would have just stayed the course. And it may not seem right, it may not sound right, but my children right now, I can literally say my children thank me. They didn't understand, but they said, wow, we understand now, ma. You ain't let us go nowhere. Until we was a certain age, and even with that, we had a time frame. Yes, and I need to know who you with. I need their phone number, and I need to call their parents. That's right. I want to know who these folks are. Because my child ain't going to nobody's house, and then two, what? They ain't come home. Then the next day, nobody don't know what happened. And then a week, a month later, my child in the back of a damn truck. Excuse my language. But my child is dead in the back of a trunk of a car in a whole nother state. What the what? Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. What happened? Y'all was together. So what happened here? What happened to my child? Oh, no. So I stopped that, y'all. My children didn't even go by my family member's house. Hello. I didn't play that. Because I saw how things was going. I always made a vow to myself. And really not good to make a vow to yourself. But I did. And I say, well, if I ever start having children, I'm going to take care of my own children. I don't care if the man stay with me or not. I'm going to take care of my children. I'm not leaving my children on nobody. Nobody ain't watching my children. I don't know how I'm going to do it even if I have to work. My children going to be with me. And sure enough, God blessed me with jobs where my children was with me on my job. That's right. Ask them. Now, can I go by so-and-so? No. Why? Because so-and-so going to be... I don't care who going to be at that house. You ain't going. But we going to be together. So, sorry, you ain't going. You, you ain't old enough yet. 
Now, I did, but 13, 14 years old? No, I'm not going nowhere. All right, y'all, I'm out. God bless you. I love you. Remember, you can always go to redeembytheblood.org. Um, we have some awesome, awesome um, programs. We have the Domestic Violence Prevention and Educational Program. We have the Colorectal Awareness uh, Program. We just came out of Colorectal Cancer Month. I had a whole, I just did my whole testimony on the Boom Factor Radio. You can go over there to our sister station, the Boom Factor Radio. You can find Boom Factor Radio in, in Safe Zone Broadcast on any of the digital platforms uh, to listen to past um, episodes on uh, any subjects that you may need help with. I've spoken on most of them. I probably didn't catch all of them, but anything that was dealing with your life, it's just simple life applications and the things that people go through in life and how to deal with them. How can you, Dr. D, how can you deal with life with the Bible? How do God help you be patient and go through certain stuff? And I have shared it on the Boom Factor show. You just go to Boom Factor, go in the search, and just type in what you're looking for. Most of the time, uh, I share things on Testimony Tuesday, Word Up Wednesday, or Open Mic Communication on Saturdays. Now, you can put the name, like if you're looking for the colorectal cancer, just put colorectal cancer, and everything should pop up on that feed about that. I'm just giving you an example how you can find some subjects. If you're looking for, you know, um, guidance or um, prayers or um, whatever you're looking for, you can type it in the search. It's something going to come up or it's going to lead to something else. All right. Uh, I'm going to structure the programs more uh, consistent. Starting in July, I am I will be transitioning to a whole nother uh, digital platform. I'm still working on that. We have a lot of updates coming up, okay? And uh, I'm excited. I'm grateful for you guys taking the time out listening to Dr. D. Uh, I am the manager, executive manager, manager of executive managing member of uh, of Urban Management Group. I'm tired, y'all, and I need to go get me some coffee. Uh, you can go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to that channel. If you have any interest in doing business, trying to understand taxes, uh, funding for your business, how to start a business, how to structure your hustle. Um, that book is coming out by December, How to Structure Your uh, Hustle. as part of its Time to Strike Goals uh, series that I do quarterly for the business. Um uh, we're going to have a nice outing in July. I'm going to put that, di- that date out. But we're going to be celebrating 10 years, you guys. 10 years. Whoa, 10 years. And I never had a nice celebration. So we're going to have a nice celebration. We're still in the pandemic, you guys. Even though everybody looks like they're just going back to their regular life. But we're still in the pandemic. They still have certain protocols and certain establishments. And so I'm striving to see how can I have at least 50 people or less in a space that everybody be safe. You know what I'm saying? And we'll have some some air filters to have the air clear. And I'm going to take care of you. Anybody that know of me and I have been in my events, 
they know, ooh, that girl, she do some events and she has some food. <laughs> you know, and so that's how that's going to be. So with that said, I love you all. I appreciate all the prayers. And I want y'all to hang in there. All right. And remember, hey, it's time to get the new. All right. You have been battling for years. Let go the old and it's time to get the new. All right. Let go. Let go stuff that is like, whoa, let it go. Let it go, y'all. You got to let it go. Thank God for it at that time. But now you had a whole nother, you had a new day. Every day is a new day, the Lord was telling me. Every day is a new day to see his miracles. Every day is a new day to see his manifestation in your life. So you can't just get stuck on one manifestation. That manifestation is for you to build upon to go to the next stage. Don't get stuck. Don't get grieved. Let it go. A lot of people miss the opportunity to be a blessing to people because they want to hold on to it because it's a material thing and God trying to get something else. I got a whole bunch of testimonies on that, on how God God told people to give me calls and stuff, and they just hold on to it, or they give it to me, and they, they switch it up, you know, and give me an old one that caused me more trouble, or they took it back, and then it's just a whole lot of stuff, y'all, that I can share that, whoa, people, it's just stuff. It's just a thing. And if Father say do it, do it. If he say don't do it, don't do it then. Who are you trying to impress? You can't impress me. But I'm going to just look at you. I'm gonna, you know, you don't just be doing stuff. Because when people be doing I say you better make sure, you know, did the Lord tell you to do that? Did the Lord tell you to give me that? Did the Lord tell you to do that? Okay, because you're not supposed to be looking for nothing in return. If God told you to do that for that particular time and season, that's what it's for. And then it's that's over with. That's gone. Now we in we in a whole nother state. You see, and that's where God have us. All right. Okay. I love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Mm. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Later. <laughs>impresses you is a little different and I've gone you know even pastoring a church from being impressed when somebody can sing well well that's cool and it can be a blessing and I want the people that sing here to be able to do it skillfully but that in many ways is a gift from God now what you do with that gift is your act of worship and so I'm I'm equally if not more impressed by somebody who takes two talents and turns it into four as somebody who takes five and turns it into ten. It's just amazing. As you, how many, how many know that's true? That that the, sometimes the most impressive people that that you you don't you don't even notice them at first. Yeah. So that's who Ruth is in this passage. And verse two, I will not stop after every single one and talk that much. I promise you. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi. Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. I just want to pick up grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. And one note I wrote was, don't be too picky about who God can bless you through. Whoa! Come on. Don't be too picky about who God can bless you through. All right, that's good. Because we get too picky. We forget God is our provider. Mm. 
whoever he chooses to use in whatever yeah. season, that's good with me. Yeah. Right? I don't care if the, if the door dasher has blonde hair and blue eyes. I just want to know, did you get in the bag what I'm supposed to have to eat? And some of us want to treat God's will like a la carte. Mm. Like, I want this and I want that, but not that. But I know this comes with that, but I don't want that. God, can you customize my calling to be meaningful and convenient? Verse 2b. <laughs> Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz. The narrator is winking at us. As it turned out, just so happened that the field belonged to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, wink, wink, Boaz arrived. Coincidental. From Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters, the Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who is that? Who does that young woman belong to? And the overseer replied, she's the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. Imagine how shocked Ruth was when the man who owned the field spoke to her. Mm. She must have been absolute. She must have been scared that there's something wrong. Are you about to kick me out? Please, I promise. I promise. I won't, I won't take too much grain. Just let me glean behind the harvesters. But he called her daughter. Mm. Doesn't even know her name. Mm. But he speaks to her with affection. Mm. Must have shocked her. Must have blown her mind. Stay with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. And she asked him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? And Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother in your homeland and came to live with the people you did not know before. Mm. May the Lord repay you. Mm. May the Lord repay you for what you've done. I hear the spirit saying to somebody has paid that time. You thought nobody saw the sacrifices you made. You thought nobody saw the, the treasure that you invested into yeah. the kingdom of God. You, you thought nobody heard your cry, but God saved your tears in a jar, and it's payback time. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant. Though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. She can't believe it. At mealtime, now it gets crazier. It gets crazier. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. I mean, she's just coming to survive. And now she's invited to lunch. And watch what happens next. When she sat down with the harvesters, huh? she's sitting down with the same harvesters 
that she needed permission to even stand behind Come on now. just a few hours Come ago. On now. God can do amazing Come things quickly in your life. Yes. Quickly in your life. Yes. Suddenly in your yes. life. Come on, you some roasted grain. You don't even have to cook it, girl. Come I'll on. roast it for you and <laughs> dip it in this vinegar. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. Wow. She got up to glean. Boaz gave orders to his men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. Spill mm. some extra for her. Mm. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered. And it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Oh, my God. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over after she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? This is ridiculous. <laughs> Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working. And she keeps her in suspense. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. Verse 20, and I'll quit. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped. I can't believe he's still showing his kindness to the living and the dead. And she added, what you didn't know, Ruth, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Woo! Here's what the Lord told me to preach to you today. He told me to preach to you and call the message blown away. Glory. Woo. Oh, Woo. blown away. Yes, yes. Blown Glory. Away. Glory. Blown away. Do it, God, in Jesus' name. Do it, God, in Amen. Jesus' name. Blown away. Do it, God, in Jesus' blown name. Blown away. Do it, God. Do it. You know what the hardest thing for us reading the book of Ruth is? We read it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Not only do we not understand the context of this little book wedged between the book of Judges and the book of 1 Samuel, which only serves in the broader schemata of Scripture as a bridge between the time of the Judges mm. and the time of the Kings. Ooh, as an apologetic almost to let the nation of Israel know that David has the right to the throne. Whoa. Because, see, Ruth would be the great, 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 great grandmother. Grandmother. Of, King of David. David. Come on now. But I want to step out on a limb theologically and speculate for a moment. I know it's dangerous, and they might clip this and put it on a social media blog or something, but I'm going to speculate for a moment. Just a speculation that I don't think Ruth read Ruth chapter 2, verse 20. It's just a speculation. I don't think Ruth knew, you know, hey, Ruth, it's going to be all right. I know you're hungry. I know you're heartbroken because you lost your husband. But just turn to the book of you, chapter four. The book of you. <laughs> Come on, Holy Ghost. The book of you. Come on. She would be shocked most of all to know that there would be a Bible book bearing her name. Yes, Lord. Because she's a Moabite. 
Yeah, come on. Yahweh wasn't even her God when her story started. Her background and ancestry suggested nothing that she would be a part of the lineage of our Savior, Jesus, Jesus. So we read the book of Ruth through the lens of our knowledge. But she had to live the book of Ruth through the pain of her present situation. Whoa. And the challenge is that I have to live my own scriptures out. Yeah. Not knowing what's in Ruth chapter. Like you never read the book of you. You. Chapter two. Wow. So when her husband Malon dies in chapter one, she doesn't even know there is a chapter two. Now, if she knew about chapter two, perhaps chapter one wouldn't have hurt so much. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to read the book of you chapter two. You don't get to know that it won't hurt like this forever. You don't get to read the part of the scripture where you flip to the back of the thing and Joseph all the way in Genesis 50 says, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. We get to shout over now what he had to doubt about then. Did he really know it would turn out this way? And so invariably when Holly and I speak to people about dating or marriage, which I don't do it too much. My reason for it is I feel like most of what I did right in marriage was in the selection process. (laughs) I'm like, just pray. Pray that, I mean, because if you were married to Holly, you would probably do pretty good too. She is not hard to be married to. And I mean that, okay? You're like, ah, you're just sucking up so she can kiss you the day after lunch and all that. You just want to look good. No, I'm, I'm serious about it. That's really how I feel about it. But I think she kind of feels that way about me too. Yes. <laughs> Did you say that for the cameras? We were talking the other day. I said, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to have me for husband sometimes. I know it's hard. And not because I'm abusive or mean or don't love you or anything like that. But I mean, like, there's so much you didn't know about me when you said you would marry me. And she says this thing. Um, a lot of times, she said, I love everything that there is to know about you. That makes me feel good. So I always teach, and I know it's an unusual scripture to teach about dating, from Matthew 13, 44, to bring a New Testament verse right alongside this Old Testament story about Ruth and your current situation. In Matthew 13, 44, it says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Come on now. When yeah. a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, when sold all he had and bought that treasure. No. He bought the field that the treasure, treasure was in. Was in. Come on now. Jesus said the kingdom is like that. Yes. And I would say that being married is like that. You don't just buy the shiny stuff. You don't, oh, 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 no, no. You buy the whole patch of field. Well, I'm not marrying their family. I'm marrying them. But on Christmas, <laughs> guess who you get to kick it with? The family. Every Christmas. Everybody. The family, yep. Come on. Yeah. They'll, they'll ask Holly, how did you know that Pastor Steve, I remember one time I intern teaching, they said, how did you know that he was the one? And I was irritated that day about something. So I said, she didn't. 
She didn't know. She hoped. <laughs> In a moment of candor, probably the interns couldn't handle that. That was probably malpractice on these young hearts, just thinking it's gonna, you know, uh, have this total Jerry Maguire moment. If y'all remember that movie, <laughs> I'm just imagining like Holly going, I, 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 I think, I think, I think he's probably the one. I think, I think, I think, you know, how does she know? You, you don't know. She hoped. And then she held herself to a standard that she would be the kind of woman that would find the man that she wanted God to bring in her life. Yeah. That's very important. Come on now. How did you know? You don't know. Ruth, how did you know when you got up that morning that you were going to be in the field of Boaz? Did you just sense it? Did you wake up that morning, Ruth, and say, I have a good feeling that today I am going to bump into my Boaz? <laughs> Ruth said, no. I just wanted to get some eat. I was just hungry. Yep, I'm hungry. Yep. <laughs> it was do or die. Yeah. I had no husband. Yeah. My mother-in-law was depressed. My mother-in-law was so depressed, she started saying, call me Mara. Right. <laughs> she changed her name, name to reflect her situation. Jesus. She has a conflated identity that is informed now by her experiences. I've been thinking a lot lately about how our experiences affect our identity. Okay. Wow. I've been thinking about the entanglement that happens when you can no longer know the difference between who you are Jesus. and what you've been through. Okay. Or who you are and where you come from. Ruth the Moabite was a part of the lineage of Jesus the Messiah. That makes no sense. And Ruth knew none of it. Why are you slowing down to tell us all of this instead of just preaching the verses? Because I want you to realize that you've been reading the book of Ruth wrong. As if she had some great faith and as if you have to have some great faith that knows I'm exactly where God wants me to be, doing exactly what God's called me to do. And this is going to turn out okay for his glory. No, you don't know. But you just had to know, right? No? No, you don't. I hoped. Yeah, yeah, I hoped. Worked. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. You had to know that Jairo was going to be nominated for a Grammy, no. right? After you wrote it. No. No. I loved it. I just loved the song. And I thought if they don't give us a Grammy for this album, they're stupid. <laughs> I did. I thought that. But I didn't know. You don't know. And in a matter of fact, in the middle of trying to process that particular album, have y'all heard the song Jaira? Yes. Yeah, after we wrote it, I loved it so much and I sent it to my friend and he didn't say anything back about it. You know who you are. <laughs> and I was hanging out with my friend and my son and me and Elijah really loved Jaira and we thought it was the greatest song and we just loved it. And I was talking to my friend and he said something about Jaira, which he never responded to on the text message. And look, I was so scared that maybe I liked it more than other people would. Because when you put something out there, you never really know if they're going to judge it or not. That goes from everything from an outfit yeah. to an opportunity that you try to seize to an encouraging word that you try to give. That potential of rejection can be a really difficult thing. So I said to him, I know Jaira isn't a banger, but I like it. And afterwards, Elijah said, 
What was that crap about Jaira is not a banger. I thought we liked Jaira. I thought we loved Jaira. I thought we felt the presence of God in your truck when we listened to Jaira. I said, you caught me red-handed. I was so scared that he didn't like it that I brought myself down. Whoa. 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 So that he couldn't do it to me. Whoa. I did it to myself. Whoa. Come on now, you teaching now. You had to know that song was special. Yeah. No. I knew it was special to me. And so all of these little things, do you see it in the scripture? All of these little things that whoever wrote down Ruth, wrote down way after it happened. You know that, right? Right. This is not a live feed. Right. So even when it says in verse 1, I, I, just, I love stuff like this. Even in verse 1 when it says, it was the field belonging to Boaz, that was added after. Years after, Ruth did not know Boaz was Boaz. Even after she met him, she didn't know who he was. So it, it sets me free to know that certainty is not a prerequisite for faith. Whoa. That understanding is not a prerequisite for blessing. That knowing, because, okay, let me do a poll. How many of you believe this is for online too, okay? You can participate in the chat. How many of you believe that God is guiding your life? Raise your hand. Yes. Yes. How many of you believe that from time to time you get off track? Yes. Yes. How can both be true? Whoa. If God is guiding your life and he's good at what he does, Come on. how can you be better than God at your job disobeying? Because okay. that is what you do. Okay, yeah. Because the Bible says we all like sheep have gone astray. Great. Yeah. Because sheep are bad at following directions. <laughs> Y'all like that? <laughs> but but the question really is, God is guiding my life. Yes, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, all your ways, acknowledge your for him and he will direct your paths. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. All these scriptures that I love. I love those verses. I need God to lead me. I need God to lead me. I need God. What else am I going to let lead me? My feelings? My friends? Sometimes I think they're dumber than I am. I love them. But they're just as dumb as I am, if not dumber. I can't follow them. I'm sorry. I can't follow another frail human. I need the Lord. Lord. To lead me, but the question I, I have, deep beneath the veneer of that verbalization of a theological belief that God is leading me, is how detailed will he be? How involved will he get? Right? When you say God leads me, some people say that, in fact, from a scale of one to ten, how much do you believe God is leading your life? Where would you fall on a scale of one to ten? How much would you believe it? So watch out for the people who shout ten real quick. Because they think God speaks to them about everything. Everything. They put God in stuff that I don't think God cares about very much. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, they really do. They just put God in the craziest stuff. And the Lord told me to wear pink. 
but pink does not look good on your skin tone. That wasn't the Lord. <laughs> Be careful. When people say tin like that, it's just a sign they're overcompensating a little bit. Because probably if they're saying tin, they don't want to have to make decisions. Oh, I believe the Lord is leading me. And, uh, you know, that's why I've been fired four times in the last 18 months. the Lord was leading you to another place to get fired from because you're irresponsible? That's what it was? Oh, it was the Lord that made you late to work. 14 times. That was the Lord? How much can I trust God to lead me? You know what I'm saying? Like, will he step in? You know, like Jonah? Will he send a fish to spit me out in Nineveh? Maybe. Will he send a wind? If I'm trying to go to Tarshish, and I'm supposed to be in Nineveh? Maybe he did that in the scripture sometime. Will he completely redirect me? Is God like a GPS who will reroute me with a polite British accent? What, what does he sound like? Well, how does God lead me? Now remember, in the book of Ruth, we started with eight main characters. And now, we're down to four. We started with a man named Elimelech, he died 10 years ago in Moab during the famine, at the very beginning of the relocation of the family. We started with his sons, Kilion and Malon. They're dead too. All we're left with now is Ruth and Naomi, and there is no record of whether or not they even like each other. There is no record. And I guarantee you, both of them would have rather had Malon back than to have to live with each other. Naomi's son, Ruth's husband... But now they're making do with what's left. And the tension of the text is that God is doing something that will result in a king named David and a king named Jesus. And they don't get to read that part. And you don't get to read that part. And that's why it's not easy for you to raise kids. And that's why other people who have sent their kids far, far away and only have to see them three times a year can tell you how to raise your kids because they got to read the last sentence of the book where the kids left the house. But yours are still here. You don't get to read how it is. You don't get to know how it is. You don't get to know is this the end. You don't get to know is my best behind me. You don't get to know any of that. You have to live in the tension. That's hard to do. And yet there is this note of grace. It's almost implied that Naomi and Ruth are walking along together back in Bethlehem. Ruth away from everything that she knew. You know the God Chemosh that she grew up serving? demanded human sacrifices according to their mindset. And now she's learning how to worship a God that she's only heard about through the lens of Naomi, who is bitter about what God has allowed to happen in her life. Jesus. Jesus. And she just makes a decision one day in the scripture. I love this scripture. It, it really got my attention to know that the Bible doesn't say the Lord led Ruth to the field. It just says she went to work. Wow. Now, if you are not a tin person, the Lord is leading me every step I take, every breath I take. What's the song? Every step you take. 
So creepy. It's like such a stalker song. <laughs> if you're not a 10 on that, it's okay. If you want to believe that the Lord is leading me, but it doesn't feel like it or seem like it right now. Ooh, 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 ooh. If you want to believe that the Lord is leading you, but you know it's your own stupidity that got you in the storm to begin with. Right. If you are somewhere in the six. I think God is leading me here. I, I think I'm going to go out today and I'm going to see if I can glean in a field. That's all Ruth said. And that's what we talked about last week. Were you here last week? When Ruth was going through the field, it was so powerful. She had to look for what other people left behind. When the reapers would go through the field, they had to leave what they dropped for the foreigners, for the widows, for the people who couldn't have their own field. And so Ruth is just gleaning behind them. And we talked about how sometimes in our life, we, we need to learn to glean in our own field, in our own life, in our own situation, to be able to say, you know what? I walked my own body into church today. Somebody else didn't do that. They would love to have walked into church today. And I did. That's gleaning. Yeah. That's when you're like, but my back hurts and my hips out of socket and I got these bills. But I walked yeah. into church today yeah. and somebody else is in a wheelchair. Yeah. And while that doesn't mean I'm better than them, I have got to learn to go through my own field yeah. and glean things. Yes. You, you got to do it for yourself. Self. Nobody is going to do this do for, for you. You. Yes. you will never reach a moment in time where you go, I've arrived. God is good and I'm blessed and highly favored. That is a statement of faith you have to make. Yes. You have to make it daily. Somebody shout, I'm blessed. You call that a shout. Let me tell you something. A lot of people died because they couldn't breathe in the last two years. And I told you to shout, I'm blessed. And the Bible says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now breathe deep and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. That's how you breathe. And that's what you got to do to the devil, not only when I tell you to do it. But you got to shout. Now, I'm crazy because I'll be sitting there having a panic attack almost. And I'll just start shouting, I have peace. That's right. Not sure who I'm trying to convince. But watch, I'm trying to glean peace. Glean doesn't mean it just pops up. Ruth didn't wake up and pray for bread. Ruth didn't wake up and pray for kernels. Ruth didn't pray for seeds. She went in a strange field to find it. Are you in a strange field? Trying to figure out what am I doing? And nobody knows that you don't know what you're doing either. <laughs> they got you making budgets for the department. And if they saw your bank account, oh my God, oh my. Show me in the scripture where Ruth went to Gleaning University. She had to do it. You have to do it. Some of you won't rejoice over simple stuff Come on. because you haven't been low enough yet. Whoa. You haven't been low enough Come yet. On. Come on. You don't know how, how good sunshine feels because you haven't been closed up yet where you couldn't get to it. 
You look at people in church, some of you are so judgmental of how other people praise God. Eh, I don't like how they say, wow, every time Pastor Stephen says something. Wow, oh, wow, what's going on down there? I don't think it takes all that. I don't think they asked you. Maybe they were so hungry when they came that they can survive. You won't be so picky. I don't like that song. It's repetitive. Oh, Ruth again. Ruth, Ruth, Ruth. I'm a bad parent. I told Holly, quit fighting with Abby, telling her she needs to eat her dinner and starve her. Put a padlock on the pantry. That's, that's the old school thing. And then when thing. she sits down, Come up. she will not be able to wait to see what mom made. All this arguing back and forth, that's not going to get it. She's not hungry enough. Come on. Come on. Come on. She's not hungry enough. Come on. Ruth was hungry enough. Oh, oh, oh. Desperation looks just like faith. Oh, you have so much faith. No, I'm just that desperate. I've been depressed, so I know the value of joy. Yes. yes. I've been broke, so I know the value of when God provides for my needs physically. My dad was a barber. When we would go to the Chinese restaurant, he would calculate how much the meal cost and say, that's seven heads of hair I got to cut to pay for this meal. <laughs> I can't eat with that guilt on me. I'm sorry. When they showed me my first job, they said, here's your salary. Here's the benefits. I said, the what now? I know it makes me sound stupid. I was 22. I didn't know. My dad was self-employed. So I didn't know that somebody else would pay your benefits. I had already done all of the division and the, the, um, the calculations on this much per month, and we could do this, and the apartment is 410, and the internet. And i got to have high-speed internet, Lord. That's a necessity. I can't be serving Jesus out here in Shelby on a modem, a dial-up. <laughs> but then I was buying my own insurance and when Rick Bowling said and that of course doesn't include your benefits I said my what? and I had to pretend like I expected it you know because I didn't want to look as dumb as I was I'm like oh, oh yeah yeah the, the benefits when I got out to my car I uh, picked up my car phone you know about the car phone? I picked up my Zach Morris Motorola car phone. I called Chunks. I said, they got benefits on this job. I don't have to pay the health insurance, any of that out of my pocket anymore. I wish I could feel the way I felt that day again about benefits. 
Now I've been getting benefits so many years. So many benefits. Why does the Bible say, let me ask you this, why does the Bible say in Psalms, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, not all his all benefits? His benefits. Whoa, whoa. It's like he already knows that the longer we stay in a field, the less we will respect the treasure. And get more focused on the dirt that's around it. I have to practice gratitude. I am not naturally good at it. Because I am naturally good at catastrophizing. So I can imagine everything that could possibly go wrong. And I told you about this a little bit last week, but that's why gleaning was so meaningful to me. Because I realized that the $500 bonus that they gave me that year, the $500 bonus that they gave me that year, same job. He said, oh, and here's your Christmas bonus. I said, my what? He said, your Christmas bonus is $500. I wish I could tell you how $500 felt that day. I didn't expect it. This is where Ruth, a widow and a foreigner, had an advantage over everybody else in Boaz's field. Because as she walked through what they were used to, it was new to her. Okay. As she, so, so Lord, show me how to walk through my salvation and my relationship with Jesus and my relationship with that woman on the front row and show me how to walk through that field again and focus more on the treasure than the dirt. Whoa. You follow me? Whoa, yeah. Life will layer you with dirt. Life will layer you like Naomi with bitterness, with experiences that all of a sudden become the focus. The Bible does not say that the treasure was sitting in the field waiting to be discovered. The treasure was actually hidden beneath something that had to be dug through to recognize what was there all along. And this, yeah, this is, yeah, this is a message for somebody who is guilty as charged. Lord, I have gotten more focused on the field, the work, the stress, yes. than I am the blessings yes. and the treasure. I have gotten more focused in my relationships on what annoys me about that person. May I remind you that's what attracted you to them in the first place? And now you want to be annoyed by what you were attracted to? Because like the country preacher said, before marriage, opposites attract. After marriage, opposites attack. You loved he was quiet. Oh, he's mysterious. Ten years in that field. Come on, I can't get him to talk. He's mysterious. Now you're miserable. Now you're magnified. Everything that makes you miserable. I call you right back. Wish I could do a Bible study on this. Sometimes I hate this format. I wish I could have the ten people who are the hungriest. I wish I could just come over to the house and Holly could cook something for you. And then I would serve up the dessert of the Word of God. And I would say, did you save room for dessert? 
And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I was hungry today. I was hungry today. I went through a breakup last month. I've been asking God why. I've been wondering, is there anybody for me? I'm hungry today. I'm hungry today. I don't have the money that my neighbor has. They think I do. I'm driving a car. What they don't know is every time I stop and think about the payments, I almost wreck. And they're impressed with my car, but they don't know I can't even afford what I'm driving in. I'm hungry today. Tell me something. I made some mistakes. Tell me something. I passed up the best thing that could have happened. Tell me something. I could have bought Apple for $3 a share and I didn't. All these regrets in here. I'm hungry today. I'm hungry today. Give me something. If I could talk to the 10 hungriest people in the room, here's what I would tell you. When Ruth said, why would you notice me, a foreigner? It's a wordplay. The Hebrew word for foreigner means notice. Whoa! Whoa! Don't you see what's happening? Whoa! She's blown away. Whoa! She's blown away. When's the last time you were blown away by God? Whoa. When's the last time you were blown away by his benefits? I'm not talking about a BMW. I'm talking about forgiveness. Yes, yes. When's the last time you thought about, oh my you, Lord, you didn't have to love me. You didn't even have to give me the chance to live. I'm not even supposed to be here. When's the last time you thank God for your church? Just slipping that in. When's the last time? <laughs> You've been here a minute. What used to blow me away is now just benefits. I think we got to walk through our field and glean. Yes. Right? Lord, I'm, I'm thanking you for this. Lord, I am thanking you for that. Yes. Lord, I'm thanking you for the thing that I don't like right now. Trusting that you are going to use it in my future. Because that's the beauty of this text. You can walk through your own field, your own. What would it look like for you? This is, this is my challenge to you. What would it look like for you to walk through your own life like a foreigner in the field? What would it look for, like for you to, to go back through the, the things God has done for you and the things he is doing? Because here's the trick. It is easy to see what God did after you're on the other side of it. And that's when we say things like, it was the best thing in the world that they broke my heart. It was the best thing in the world that I had to move. It was the best thing in the world. If I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't have this. The trick is not recognizing God's guidance later. The trick is, can you recognize God's guidance in real time? To say like Jacob, the Lord was in this place and I was not aware of it. To say, oh, God must be here too. Oh, God must be using this too. Oh, God has a plan for this too. Oh, I can't wait to see how God works this in. Oh, I can't believe God let me be in this field at this time. She gleaned and gathered and gleaned and gathered and gleaned and gathered. Not knowing that Boaz was going to end up being her husband. Not knowing that Naomi knew who he was. Not knowing that God would put her in a position to be a part of the lineage. Can you stand there in the field surrounded by dirt? Or are you going to say, God, I don't want the dirt. I want the treasure. God, I don't want the pain. I want the progress. 
I used to always say, God, I don't want the V-ups. I want the six-pack. God, you, you know what I'm saying? I don't want the discipline. Yeah. But yeah. God, I do want the benefits of commitment. Yeah. You, 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 have to, you have to glean and gather in those moments when you don't even know why you're here or how this is going to turn out. Wow. The most delicious verse in the text to me is verse 17. After Ruth got done gleaning in the fields and gathering, the Bible says something. It's almost something you would skip over. It said that after she gleaned in the field until evening, then she threshed the barley she had gathered. And it amounted to about an ephah. See what I'm saying? That is the least sexy verse in the whole passage. But it talks about the next thing that Ruth had to do and that you and I have to understand too. It said that after she gleaned in a field where she didn't even have the right to be, after she gathered everything that she could, she threshed the wheat before she took it home. Mm. And when she finished threshing it, they measured it, and it was an ephah, which means nothing to us. But if you look it up and search the word ephah in the Bible, do it. Later, not right now. Do it. You'll find it again in 1 Samuel 17, verse 17, the chapter where David fought Goliath. It said the day he went down there, his dad sent him to his brothers with an ephah of grain. Whoa. So it's a measurement. And he had three brothers that were down at the battle. And his father sent him with an ephah of grain. So we still don't know how much of this. But that must be a lot of grain. If it fed three teenage soldiers in the heat of battle. And now, remember... We're down to just Ruth and Naomi. They are the only two left. They don't know about Boaz yet. They don't know who he is yet, what he's going to do yet. Oh, and there's God, the character who is not named by the other characters, but is implied because he's always working even when he's not named, even when he's not seen, even when he's not felt, even when he's not speaking. He's still speaking. Even if you're not hearing it, he's still speaking. And she gleaned. And Epha, enough for three teenage soldiers for just her and her mother-in-law. So that made me wonder, can we find out about how much grain is in an Epha? And when I found out how much an Epha was, I was blown away. It turned out that an Epha is somewhere between 30 and 50 pounds in a day. In a day? Wow. She's only been in this field one day. And she's not even an experienced laborer. And she's one woman. And when she measured it, after she threshed it, it was 30 pounds. Jesus. 30 pounds of grain after she threshed it. Wow. After she Yes, threshed. yes. See, you Come can't on. really measure Come it on. until after it's been threshed. Wow. 
Come on now. Come on. Come on. You can't really measure. Working. You don't really know what you have until, until it's been pressed. Come on now. You think you know what you have, but you don't really know what you have. Help me, Jesus. Come on. You don't I really think. know what you have until Naomi turns to Ruth and Orpha and says, y'all leave. And Orpha says, okay. And Ruth says, I'll stay. Because she was being threshed. Naomi was being threshed. She lost her husband. She lost her boys. She's being threshed. She's being threshed. That word doesn't even sound appealing. Thresh. It sounds violent. It is violent. It's a violent process. The, the process of threshing is not nice like gleaning. It's not taking a journal and writing to Jesus a love note for all of the beautiful sunsets. Oh, Lord, I saw that sunset today. I'm just so proud that you did that just for me. Lord, you are such a great artist. I saw the, I saw the sunset, and I saw your eyes, and I'm so thankful. Threshing is different than that. When they threshed the grain, they would have the cattle to beat the grain out until the stalks and the seeds were separate, until the grain and the husk were separate. The threshing, when it says that Ruth threshed, it was a process of separation. Jesus. Come on. It was a process of separating the grain from the husk, or what they call the chaff. Everybody say chaff. And the way they would do it is that after it was beaten, after it was trodden, after it had been, after it had been laid out on the threshing floor. Now, all a threshing floor is, it's not fancy. It's just a solid surface in a high place. And the reason it's in a high place is because you would thresh at evening. And the process of threshing was very simple. After it had been beaten, you would take the grain that was left on the floor you would sweep it up and gather it from the clean surface. You would throw it up into the Mediterranean wind, and the grain would fall back down to the ground. Whoa. But the chaff, the blow chaff wouldn't away. fall back to the ground. The chaff would be blown, blown away. Whoa. Away. Jesus. Woo. Wow. Classic. The chaff, the stuff that couldn't stay on the threshing floor, would be blown away into the evening wind that came off the Mediterranean Sea. And so I see a lot of you on the threshing floor of life right now. I hear from you. I meet you. And even when I study, it's like the Spirit of God brings you to my mind. And I see the things that you're going through in your life right now, not as a process of destruction, but as a process of threshing. Yes. Woo! See, you don't know yes. what you have until it's been threshed. Yes. You don't know what's real until it's been threshed. You don't know what's edible. You don't know what's sustainable. You don't know what is substance until it has been threshed. And a lot of us have been in a big wind lately. All oh, the, the winds will blow and beat against every house. Whether you build it on the rock of Jesus or whether you build it on the shaky foundations of the world, the wind will blow and the wind has been blowing, but you have been misinterpreting the wind. You have been thinking that the wind was sent by the enemy to destroy you, but it wasn't, but it wasn't, but it wasn't. 
But it wasn't. It was sent so that all the chaff could be blown away. Blown, blown away. away. Come on. Blown away. Blown away. See, God is dealing with your insecurities right now. And he's got you on the threshing floor. And you're watching people walk away. And opportunities evaporate. And things you used to know that you're now separated from. But this wind is not sent by the enemy. This wind is under the control of the mighty hand of an all-seeing God. And the grain that falls back to the ground is all you need to live on. And the rest will be blown away, blown away, blown away, blown away. The Lord told me to preach to you, blown Blown away. away. And he said to tell you, when you see what I'm going to do after you get done going through what you're going through, if you will keep cleaning and stay in my hands through this process, when you see what I'm gonna do through my life, I wish I had an organist. When you see what I'm about to do, your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, nor has it entered into your heart what I have prepared. But when you bump into Boaz, you're going to be blown away. Now I got him who is able to do exactly. Blown away. High five at least six people and tell them you're going to be blown away. 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 Hey, 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 hey. It's it's a promise. It's not a problem. It's a promise. Everything that you're going through is going to serve the purpose of the God you belong to. You're going to be. Threshing hurts like hell. But sometimes it comes from heaven. You can't even really measure the blessing until after it's been threshed. my, My advice as your brother in Christ, let it blow. Don't try to control it so much. Don't even try to understand it too much. The grain will stay. You hear me? That's what I know about God. The grain will stay. 30 pounds is not a day's worth of food, y'all. They lived off of this for weeks. One rabbi said that would have been four months of wages in a day. Wow. That's why Naomi was like, whoa, I'm blown away. And Ruth was like, me too, I'm blown away. And Boaz, when he saw Ruth, he was like, I'm blown away. And everybody is blown away. Except God. Except God. He knew exactly where to put Ruth exactly where to put Boaz, exactly who to let her glean behind, and exactly who to send her home to. When you see what you cannot see with your spirit, instead of judging what you're going through with your eyes, 
by the Spirit of God, I prophetically declare, if it's not your word, get out of the way so somebody else can receive it. You will be blown away. You will be blown away. My prayer lately is, God, I'm assuming that it's either you doing this or it's something that you will use if it's not. Don't you love that prayer? It's really just a threshing floor prayer. It's really just a threshing floor prayer. It's going, here it is, God. Whatever is not meant to stay, blow it away. Blow it away, God. I don't want it if it's chaff. I don't want the attitudes I clung to. Like, I saw the whole story of Ruth through a different lens when I read it like that. I said, of course she had to thresh the grain because she herself was being threshed. A Moabite leaving her gods. A Moabite leaving her family. A Moabite leaving her customs. And that's been you lately. And it's been windy. Just lift your right hand if it's been windy in your life. We don't have to talk about why. We don't have to talk about who. We don't have to talk about what. Just it's been windy. Raise your hand if it's been windy. All right. Catch the wind of the Holy Spirit in this moment and allow it to carry you forward in the field that you're in until you find the treasure from it. Because that's what the kingdom is like. It's like a man who found a treasure in a field. It is like the grain that stayed after the wind blew. So in this season of my life, God, on the threshing floor of failure, on the threshing floor of frustration, for whoever this word is for today, I declare prophetically that they will stand here a year from now and be blown away by what you did through an ephah I declare over them that their ephah is enough. Come on, let's minister. Let's minister together. Your ephah is enough. I want you to begin to believe again in the enoughness of God. Yeah, I made the word up. The enoughness of God. I want you to begin to believe that whatever has left your life, that you still have something to live for. Come on, shout it, shout it for the devil to hear. I still have something to live for. I still have something to live for. I will not die in Moab. I will not die in bitterness. I have something to live for. I have something to live for. And God, by your eternal word, would you sanctify those who you are calling to yourself? Because we don't want to be in Bethlehem in our body, but be in Moab in our mind. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Living in the things that you did. Yes. God. Yes. Your word said that you could do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or imagine. So I don't want to hold so tightly to what I thought you'd do that I can't be blown away by what you have in store. Your eyes have not seen your ears have not heard. Neither has it even entered into your heart. You don't even have the capacity to imagine what God is going to do through your life. And Ruth knew none of that. 
if we would have told her that we're going to turn to the book of you at Elevation Church in April of 2022, she would have said, who? And we would have said, you, Ruth. See, if you only knew the glory that God is going to get, I can feel that your faith is weak. I can feel that your faith is worn. I can feel that your mind is weary. But I'm calling you back to that place of surrendering God to let the wind of his spirit blow on your situation. If it's something with your kids, if it's something in your body, do everything you can do. Don't say it's God's plan, but you ate sugar. Go on the diet. Well, when the Lord wants to take me out, he's going to take me. No, you can eat some broccoli and stay another 10 years. So don't do that. But sometimes we get separated from everything we knew and everything we planned and everything we thought. And that's the threshing floor. God, after that we have gleaned your word today, we accept the process of your threshing. Giving it up to you. Let you blow away whatever doesn't belong. I got something to live for. I've got something to live for. And I'll tell you something else. I've lost a lot, but I've got a lot left. Yes, yes. Do it real quick. Look in the eyes. Look in the eyes of the person you're next to and say you've got a lot left. You've got a lot left. You do. You've got a lot left. Now bow your head, say it to yourself. You've got a lot left. You said that softer. Why can you encourage them, but you can't encourage you? Close your eyes and say to yourself, you've got a lot left. So bless the Lord, oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits, who redeems your life from the pit, and who crowns you with love and compassion. You've got a lot left. You've got a whole ephah. You got 30 pounds to take back to Naomi. You got a basket full to take home. You can live off of this word for a week. You can live off of this word for a month. And you will be blown away. Come on, let's lift up a sound of anticipatory praise. Glory! Praise 